Welcome to the first episode of the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. I am site co-expert Stephen Kabitza. Joining me today is site contributor Andrew Seipt. Andrew, I know it's February, but you are very excited to talk Browns football. Oh, I'm wearing a Browns jersey right now, Stephen. It's, uh, now, whose jersey like are I've, you wearing right now? Uh, this is uh, number 98 out of Baylor University, Phil Taylor. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, I got my... falling on some hard times in the NFL. <laughs> Hey, you know, you got to stay loyal. Jerseys are expensive. I got my Braylon Edwards jersey, um, as you know, is a go-to of mine. Yeah. Um, tucked away, you know, probably wear it a few times during the winter just to, <laughs> just yeah, to I'm keep in that sure football I, I mindset. I have a William Green jersey for my dad. Uh, I have a Travis Prentice jersey. Oh, my. I think I have the Brady Quinn one still at home. Uh, maybe that'll turn into a uh, Garoppolo yeah. jersey, though. No, I'm glad you said Jimmy Garoppolo. What a transition. <laughs> so you are... Let's dive right in. You are very high on getting Jimmy Garoppolo for the right price. Obviously, you don't want Garoppolo for the number one overall pick. I don't think anyone wants that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. So for you, Browns have number 12 overall pick and the number 33 overall pick. For you, would you give up the 12th overall pick for him? You know, Stephen, I think I would. It's, it just really comes down to the, the position itself and the quarterback position. Um, in the NFL, you're really nothing without it. And I'm not saying that, that Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe that he could be a good quarterback in the NFL. If the Browns feel that he's their guy, then I don't think they should let number 12 get in the way of letting them get their guy. I think essentially it's house money right now. I think I, I get the argument. I agree that, you know, if you, if you find someone you like to give him a chance, but think last year, was RG3 their guy or do you think it was kind of a double, hey, front office is saying, well, let's not invest too much in trying you know, a franchise quarterback. Let's just give this guy a chance. And Hugh Jackson just made the best of it because they, they were not trying to win last year. Yeah, I think, I think part of it was the organization took a look at itself and, and after all those veterans had gone and maybe even up until they traded away number two, um, I think they just kind of automatically were, were going to try and accumulate as many assets as possible. And RG3 was kind of that bridge quarterback that they wanted, but obviously didn't get. Um. Yeah, with, so, yeah, I, I don't think RG3 really stood a chance. The team wasn't, ve- you know, very well constructed. And it's, it's not really anyone's fault. They really came in and blew it up um, to build toward the future. Um, but it was clear in the games he did play, he's not the guy. So with Garoppolo, you know, I, I do agree with that. You know, the 12th overall pick, if you can get your guy and – I know we and you have spoken, you know, off the podcast about this. Jimmy Garoppolo was a high prospect when he came out. This is not a similar situation to a Matt Castle or a Ryan Mallett where it's, oh, it's just a Brady backup or, you know, even the Belichick system. It's he he's a high prospect who if he went to another team and it wasn't behind, you know, one of the top QBs of all time, he probably could have been playing already. Yeah, and I think I think it kind of works to his advantage because you even Kyle Shanahan came out and said that when he was with the Browns, he really liked Garoppolo coming out. And you, like you mentioned, Ryan Mallett, Matt Cass, all those previous Patriot examples, none of those quarterbacks were ever rated that high or drafted that high for that matter. So it's it's really just a matter of of what setting Jimmy Garoppolo as a separate example. Each case is different. So what does Jimmy Garoppolo bring to the table that those other quarterbacks didn't? Exactly, and. It's it's the easy argument against Garoppolo, and it seems like most Browns fans, or well, I'd say all Browns fans, they have an idea of what the team should do. It's no different than any other sport. It's but with the Browns, the quarterback position because it's so unstable. It's everyone has an idea, 
And if you don't like a certain guy, you're going to find reasons to go against him. You know, and I think part of that just stems from from even Tim Couch. I know a lot of Browns fans, maybe like myself, I don't really rem- I remember having a Tim Couch jersey, but I, I don't really remember too much of, of how bad they truly were. Yeah, back we should then. clarify. So, so, so for any listeners, me and Andrew are post-1999 Browns fans, <laughs> not in the sense where we just discovered the team, but we were very young when they left. And for us, the yeah. post-99 Browns are all we have, which is, it's a little sad. Butch but. Davis, Butch Davis was the, I remember the first coach that, that really, I remember like being cognizant of the Browns and, and being a big fan at that point. So, um, just, just seeing kind of how that Tim Couch experiment failed in a lot of people's eyes, um, being on an expansion team like that, it, it kind of sours a lot of Browns fans on, on pulling the trigger on those top quarterbacks. And that's it, just really quick. The Tim Couch thing, it's so unfair <laughs> to get mad at it. Look at, look at him, David Carr. It's you put guys in these impossible situations. I know that the Jaguars, where they started, you know, I believe Mark Brunel took them to the playoffs in their second or third year. Um, well, they had Fred yeah, in the nineties, and helps. that's a rare situation. Drafting a quarterback into an expansion team, you can't blame. And he it doesn't he, work. I mean, he did break his leg in that playoff year, but he got him to the position to be in the playoffs. And it's weird that you know people look upon that you know, era of the new Browns coming back. It's so negative. That was their best stretch of football <laughs> since they've been back. They went to the playoffs and people criticize like that, that time, 1990, that 99 draft was the last time the Browns have really built, like attempted to build their franchise around a quarterback. And when you look at the Browns recently, I mean, the, the constant turnover and the, the different coaching staffs that comes in, you, you fail to retain your own talent and you're not drafting guys that are good. You're, you're just setting yourself up to fail. And none of the, like, okay, you hear the argument, let's build the team first. You, you can't build the team if you don't have any direction. Do you understand? A quarterback, just, just having a guy under center that, that you think can win you games is going to give you Yeah, in football, you, so it, you need to, to have a quarterback. There's no – you can't just get lucky and, and, and make – because you're not going to win a Super Bowl that way. You can get to the playoffs without a good quarterback. But you're gonna, it's going to be a Texan situation where Brock Osweiler this year and Hoyer last year just whipping the ball around to the defense. So this year – if there was one team that you could automatically write off to not win the Super Bowl, who was it? Automatically. Well, let's say a team in the playoffs. It was the Houston, yeah, Houston, Te- it was because, the Houston Texans. Yeah, the other team, so, a few guys missing quarterbacks. I mean, if you had, let's say Oakland had Derek Carr, they're a Super Bowl contender because Derek Carr is that good. And so I, I see a lot of the, the arguments against Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he was a second-round draft, a late second-round draft pick. Why would you give up a first round to get him, or why would you give up more value than than he was drafted at? And it's <clears throat> you're looking at, at what the pack, what the potential is that you've seen on the field. If I, if Derek Carr was a late second, or maybe an early second round pick, if I knew Derek Carr was going to be this good when, in that draft, I would have taken him number one overall in that 2014. And that's the problem with drafts, and it, it happens in fantasy drafts too. People say, "Oh, you're reaching, you're reaching," and saying, "No, I'm getting the best." person who I think is the best player. And there is a difference. If you draft, a, like, say you go like the Buccaneers, you draft a kicker in the second round or whatever. If you know that no one's going to take a player for five rounds, that's different. But if this is a guy who's someone like the Steelers or the Patriots are going to snag at the end of the first round like they do every single year, you just take them early and you say, you know, it doesn't matter 
what his rating is according to that Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay. It matters that they know he's the best player available. And you take him. If, he, if it's a guy within that round, like with a Derek Carr, at that Johnny Manziel selection, that's year. easy to take Derek Carr right there. But now, yeah. Look at Corey yeah. Coleman last year. I mean, the, no one thought the Browns were going to take Corey Coleman at 15. He, I, th- I think when I was watching the draft, he wasn't even on my radar. I think it was like, I think Treadwell was available, Josh Doxson, and uh, I forget who else maybe we were considering at that time. But they said Corey Coleman. I said, oh, okay. I mean, he wasn't, he was the best wide receiver in college football, but that's just something that it's, if you, th- if they think he's the best receiver on the board, then, then, then good. I, I mean, I can't disagree. Exactly. You know? So back to Garoppolo for the Browns and it's obviously a time of rumors. That's just the time of year. It is with any sport, the offseason, you're going to get a lot of trade rumors and all this. So, you know, Texans might be looking into Garoppolo, the Bears. Obviously, the Browns are connected. Do you think that the Browns are going to get caught up in that sense of we need to get Garoppolo and trade the 12th pick? Because there's likely Bill Belichick would give up, say, hey, let's just take their second round pick. Um, because if no one's going to give him a first-round pick, he wants Brady there for three to five more years. Yeah, I think I think it really depends on if there's any teams in between the Browns pick at number 12 and the Browns pick at 33. So I think the Texans are a huge player, and if, if they are willing to cough up their number or their first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's when the, the, the market pushes – um, and it's on the Browns to to decide whether or not they can pull the trigger with their number over number twelve overall pick. Um, I don't think San Francisco or Chicago is going to pull the trigger at number two or three. I think um, so, and I don't think the Browns are obviously going to do it with number one. So it just it it really depends on on what team what teams are for real on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's it's it would be tough to see. Uh, second or third overall pick going that'd be insane for for any player I mean at that point in the draft you you got your your pick of prospects there just trading for Garoppolo wouldn't make any sense yeah and I think if you'll I wrote this earlier um, I think it came out on what Wednesday or Thursday I forget what day of the week it came out but I, I wrote an article on on people thinking that that you need to build the team first and and one thing that that people fail to realize is is that you need to build around a quarterback to start. You know, you need you need to find ways to, to draft talent without having that glaring need at quarterback. So you you look at a team like Dallas and people are like, oh well, they found a quarterback and they had already built the line and built built the entire roster already and then just dropped Dak Prescott in, he was ready to go. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, you had Tony Romo there for the last seven, eight years, or however long he's been there that they, they didn't have any question marks there. They, they were always confident in Tony Romo and his ability to lead the team, and so they, they were able to draft linemen in the first round and not quarterbacks. They were able to go after free agent cornerbacks and defensive players to, to bolster their roster. You look at a team like the Browns, if you keep trying to move forward with a quarterback like RG3 and, and try, to, <laughs> try to develop talent around them, if you if you don't have capable quarterback play, you're not going to develop other players on the roster. Yeah, the, the build the line argument is something. Um, I mean, you can't argue with the general concept of that argument. The Browns don't have the strongest offensive line, but they also don't have the worst. And not having the worst doesn't mean you have to stay content and not go after the linemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, say you got guys in the draft, but 
the the Browns have pieces on the roster that they could, you know, put in different slots to have a capable offensive line next season without having to spend a first round pick. And that argument I think stems from so as with any sports team, there's there's the more and I don't like really like these labels, like the more casual fans and people who say they're oh they're diehard fans, but I like to make the distinction of people who just watch on Sunday and people who kind of keep track of the roster moves and you know all off season kind of keeping up with the scouting. There's no problem with either one, but I think sometimes the people who just watch on Sunday kind of make an agenda by saying like oh look at this play, this guy was bad, and they what's his name. Oh, I don't know. It's yeah. just the guy, the right tackle. Well, maybe, maybe it's Pastor out there. Maybe Sean Coleman's out there for a few plays, and it's like, oh, or it's Robert Griffin running into the defensive lineman saying, oh, the line stinks. Well, as most football fans know, there's so much going on in every single play that the coaches can pick it out and say, oh, yeah. this is I where mean- the assignment was blown. But you can't just blame everything on the offensive line. It's just it just doesn't make sense. And I think that argument comes from that, like. Or it's like someone will have a clip of poor Cam Irvin getting bowled over because he's too big to play center. And yeah, it's mean, just not a way to build an time, argument. Yeah. How many, how many times did we watch RG3 like hang onto the ball for 10 seconds longer than he should have and then end up either running out of bounds or just sliding in the backfield, which is considered a sack? I'm not saying that all of them were like that, but just, just put, put a quarterback back there. That's that does exactly what Jimmy does based on his small sample size, which is complete the ball like sixty-eight percent accurate. Doesn't turn just get the ball rid of the, over, get get rid of the ball before he moves the football. They get back yeah. there. He can read. Go, he can go through his progressions, find out where like <laughs> based on what the defense is giving him, and find out where he's going to complete the pass. If you can do that, just you can end. You can turn it around so quickly. Look at what Jacksonville did. Jacksonville. Was dra- had drafted Blake Bortles number three in 2014. They had a, a decent year, but got pieces in Allen Robinson, Malik Jackson. That was this year. Um, it, but they they got some talent on that team. And Blake Bortles had what 30? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but he had a very solid, productive year. He had a crazy year, and they 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 were that next up and coming team. They're like, oh, well, you can put some more pieces in there on defense. You can really that team could be a playoff team. And look what happened. Bortles regressed, and that team did exactly that. You know, you're not going to have a very few cases. Do you see a defense carry a team? I mean, you have even the Broncos, Bears, 2000 Ravens, the even the Broncos. Yeah, 2015. Um, that would be probably definitely the most recent example. I just don't see. If you don't have a and to be fair with the Broncos, they still had one of the smartest quarterbacks in NFL history. Even though his arm was, exactly. you know, made of rubber at that point, that intelligence helps. <laughs> That's why, um, like Osweiler was complaining, like, "Look, man, we have one of the most. In- it's like an old point guard in the NBA. Like, it, the timing may not be there, but the intelligence is there. He's going to figure it out." Um, and so. I want to yeah. get back to Garoppolo really quick because we kind of touched on some of the points, you know, against him. Um, there's the don't want to trade draft picks. There's the fear of losing on the first round pick, and a lot of people don't like it just because it's Patriots backups, or you know, there's the history I mean, of Patriots backups. I don't mean to cut you up, but that that one in general, I, th- I feel like Browns fans they've turned because we've been so bad. The team has been so bad for so long that they feel that the, they've turned the draft into the Super Bowl. And these these, no, these draft picks have turned into almost invaluable assets that they can't trade. That everyone is so obsessed. and there's so many misses oh, on them too, which is so crazy. Obsessed with the 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 potential or who can we get? What rookies like? I, I mean, just a few times 
can we do exactly what we did with Jamie Collins? Trade, find those players that are maybe coming towards the end of their rookie deals that are maybe a little bit unhappy with their current situation. Find teams that are willing to unload those established, talented players and maybe give up a like a, an early third round, late second round. Even I mean, if it comes to it for a quarterback that, that you think is a franchise guy that you need to pull the trigger on, give up a first rounder. You, you, it, it's a difference between a prospect and an established talent. Yeah, and the that mindset of Browns fans just always, you know, valuing that, that's kind of an extension of the way the front office has been run for a while because you always have new people in, so fans are scared, I think, of losing those picks. They hey, every you have a front office come in whiff on, like, five picks, and then the new one, it's like, these guys cannot well, blow this. I mean, so every team in the NFL in a normal draft gets one first-round pick. And the Browns this year are the only team that has two. So they're not if – if they trade that 12th pick for Jimmy Garoppolo – Do the, the Titans also have two really quick? I believe they may have two. Oh, they might. You're right because they got the um, – no. Yes. No, they're the five. Regardless. Regardless. <clears throat> keep The Browns yeah. – I mean, that second pick, like I said before, is house money. I mean, you can turn that pick – if you could turn that pick into a franchise quarterback – that's, that's the whole reason why you do the Carson Wentz deal. If you don't think Carson Wentz is your guy, trade out of there, get these assets. What, what are you going to use those assets for? It's the perfect time. I'm not saying – and while I say this, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the franchise savior. If there's a guy that is your franchise quarterback, do it. You can't hold back on that. And I like you brought that point up, the whole franchise quarterback thing. Let's just clarify. There's about – 10 guys at any given time in the entire world that are capable of being star quarterbacks. And the key with a team like the Browns is to find a guy. You don't need to find the next Aaron Rodgers. You need to find a guy who can just play solid at the position because always yeah, there's point, always yeah. this thought that, oh, we need to find – and a lot of the you know, um, fans who have been you – know, older fans, um, we need to find the next Bernie Kosar. There's just not a lot of guys like that coming out. And, like, the best example, the, fam- the thing now is, oh, there's no Andrew Luck in this draft. Andrew Luck-style oh prospects come around every 10, 15 years, and how many pan out? Exactly. So, I mean, to be fair, there are first-round quarterbacks that have, that have been given time to develop and actually succeeded. So even looking at Alex Smith, I know for the first seven years he was pretty bad, but he's a, a, I would he's a top fifteen quarterback. And look at Aaron Rodgers; he didn't even play uh, for years. For, yeah, exactly. And how many? Okay, Matt Stafford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck—all three number one overall picks. All three given chances to be the guy, and all three are succeeding, in my opinion. Andrew Luck. He, is he has a tough player. situation. That, That's a bad oh, organization. That whole argument. Oh, there's no Andrew Luck in this draft. Well, Andrew Luck is not really Andrew Luck, right? The Andrew Luck. He could be if he left Indianapolis, maybe, but that's a bad situation. That GM. Yeah, he that was a bad, bad drafting ever since they got him. And yeah, the the point you're making uh, though is Chris Ballard can turn that around. Oh, it's, it's always this hype. It's, Oh, there's no Andrew Luck, but even Andrew Luck. I know the Colts have a very rough organization there. It's hopefully it turns around because they have a lot of talent there. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, and there's just we just need a quarterback 
that is talented enough to develop around. Yeah, where you don't have to take I mean, one every year. Again, Just a guy who say, okay, we he's exactly. our starter this year, and if we go zero and sixteen and he stays mm-hmm. healthy, and he he doesn't look like RG three. We're going to start him again next year because someone like RG3 did so bad. You can't start him 16 games. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't stay healthy anyway. But you just need to get a guy say, like, Mm -hmm. you brought up the Jags with Bortles and just say, hey, whatever happens, he's our starter because the only way Mm -hmm. for us to get better is to just give. And and every quarterback you bring in might not be the guy. And if the Browns are going to be a sub 500 team for the next two to three years, you don't need to keep on this quarterback train every year just bring a guy in and say hey and if you if exactly. you're seven and nine let's say let's just i don't know if they, i don't think they will be but let's say next year they go seven and nine just as an example let's let's with say it, they go seven and nine with garoppolo just for the sake of this conversation that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that he needs to be the guy who's we're not going to sign him to an eight-year deal it, it, but he's the guy who could say oh we'll start him again next year and if say they regress they go six and ten mm-hmm. Or five and eleven, or whatever, you can still start him again the next year. The only problem, the only problem with your argument is that when he signs that deal, no, that's the, yeah, that's the problem. But the good thing is that a lot of these quarterback deals now are a lot built on incentives. Except Osweiler, smart. I mean, you have the Tannehill, Andy Dalton. Well, that's Tyler, just oh, that's yeah, just that was just a bad deal, I don't know, but for the team, yeah. I just to, just to be able to to be able to take a quarterback. I don't care if you take him at 12, if you think it's Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, if you think it's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo at 12, even if you think, and this is, I I thought about this the other day, and do kind of like what the Vikings did a few years ago and trade back into the first and get a guy like Patrick Mahomes um, and and sign maybe a, a, a bridge quarterback. Until you give him time to develop, like if he's not good his first year, Give him a second year and give him a third exactly. year to make your final decision. Because during that time, you've given your team direction. You're you're building around. You're able to draft and develop talent that you've either already had on the roster or finding through the draft and and just finding that chemistry that so many Browns teams have lost. And given Jimmy Haslam has learned his lesson, which I think he has, he's not going to fire these guys no matter what happens. Let's just say for let's say they go. Let's say this year they go two and fourteen. I think, I or think like three and, and thirteen. I and I don't think he'd blow it up yet because it's only been two years. I'm sure the NFL, the other owners might be like, "Look, <laughs> you need to relax." But if he, say he keeps the same group in place, I believe there is a new mindset because you know they got Dave Podesta in there who, and people get mad always oh, in baseball, but it's a, it's a philosophy of. And there was an article that went up on Dog Pond Daily recently, and it was our uh, one of our contributors, Joel Cade, wrote about how we're, we're kind of in a baseball style rebuild right now. Where they know, hey, we're probably not going to be good for a bit. We just need to stick to this plan. And these guys know this. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not like when Mike Holmgren came in and was like, oh, don't call me when you want playoff tickets. <laughs> like, no, these guys are saying, hey, we know we're not good, but we're going to build for several years, given mm-hmm. we don't get fired, and we have a good and coach in place. Yeah, and, and that's so that's kind of where what I mentioned before with the dra- trading for draft picks and established talent. If you if you take a look at what what even the Indians did, if you want to reference the the baseball building, they took a, what was a prospect, an unknown commodity. Yeah, Clint Frazier had a lot of has a lot of potential, but they don't know what he's gonna. He could be and rest in peace, Andy Marte, and be that quad A, Ryan Garko, Matt Laporta, never fully develop. 
and but they 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 took that chance and turned him into Andrew Miller, who's a bona fide, who's the reason why they made it to the World Series. Exactly. And I mean, you can look at the Cavs trading what everyone thought was who knew was going to be really good in Andrew Wiggins for a known commodity in Kevin Love, and he's the reason why they're able to compete for championships every year. You're, and I when I wrote the article about time and patience being the the keys to the rebuild, that doesn't mean that they can't use draft picks to, to find those players. It's not deviating from, from sticking to the plan and developing players. It's just helping accelerate that process a little bit. So you have to treat everyone on the roster the same, like you'd run a business, say, hey, we have our current players and we have our draft picks. And you just have to tr- you treat it like, hey, well, we... Mm-hmm. We're gonna trade this draft pick because it's an asset. That's exactly, it's an and asset. That's exactly. It, they do it in baseball is. all the time. Say, oh, we're just gonna th- we're throwing these guys in. You don't you. It sounds crazy, but you you have to treat them almost like yeah. they're not like not real life individuals. Like in the in Moneyball in the movie, he just cuts a guy one day before he gets his MLB tenure, and you say, sorry. It's it's horrible, and that it depends how you want to run your team or run your business. But if you want to be successful, sometimes you have to do that. I mean, a lot of people give them give them crap for for bringing in a baseball guy and, and not making sense. But I mean, look at some of the strategies that baseball teams have employed. I, look at Houston Astros, the, the Cardinals for the longest times have had one, some of the best farm systems in baseball, and you know. The Cubs coming back tr- using their farm system. The Indians doing the same thing. All of these teams are making these blockbuster trade deals for young established talent that's like with their unknown commodities. So where where the Browns continue to acquire that draft capital, I think that's real at least what I'm hoping is that that's truly their end game is to find those kind of players that that they can be building blocks for when the rebuild is is reaching its playoff point, you know. Yeah, because this you don't want to be rebuilding for 3 years in football because in baseball you could rebuild for 10 years because yeah. you have a farm system. There's no farm system. <laughs> well, and also there's no quarterback in ba- like baseball. You you can have different position players that contribute in every way, but with it, the NFL, the quarterback is the most important position, regardless, regardless. And that's why people, when the mock draft started to come out, even when Deshaun Watson had won the title game, and people thought he was gonna 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 go number one, I don't blame them because if. if if say everyone goes to the combine and it comes out that everyone loves Deshaun Watson, he's the surefire number one pick. You know what? Take him over Miles Garrett because you know what? you can find another pass rusher at twelve or in the second. You can find those guys, but until you have a quarterback, you have nothing. And so let's move back, kind of talk and do let's say the current Browns quarterback. So obviously Josh McCown. No longer a member of the team. Kind of saw that coming. That was a Ray Farmer deal. McCown, very helpful to the young quarterbacks, but at this point there was no point in keeping him. So now on the roster you have Kessler, Griffin, and Hogan. And Hogan, mm-hmm. you can kind of take him out of the conversation because he's not in, you know. Can he go back on the practice squad? Or is it well, in the, I believe he's the still NFL. on the just regular roster now because they don't have to make any, you know, they don't have to break the roster down to 53 for a while. No, I mean, can he oh, go back yeah, yeah. on? Um, so let's say take him out of the equation, Griffin and Kessler. Mm-hmm. I think we both agree that Griffin has no chance of starting. Um, but what it, he has a chance if every single <laughs> quarterback. I guess it, I guess he could start because Cody Kessler started week three this year. Um, but so let's yeah. uh, say with Kessler, 
do you think there's any chance that they just roll with him in 2017? Because they, because this time of year is um, filled with talk every year about quarterbacks. I remember this time last year, I was writing articles every week on Goff or Wentz. And it turns out they took Corey Coleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Cody Kessler. I think he gets unfairly pegged as that, that backup, career backup quarterback. He's only played when, one year. I mean, I think he... I think Cody Kessler did exactly what you needed him to do as a rookie quarter, a rookie third round quarterback. I think the Browns were so bad on offense and defense as and, well. And Hugh Jackson, I, yeah, oh yeah, I don't think Hugh Jackson did any, did him any favors either by by abandoning the run. But I mean, you look at those games against Miami, Washington, and Tennessee. That was some of the the most positive. Um, exciting and they should have won that Miami game, which was his first start. They they were in all three of those games until I mean maybe Tennessee a little bit different because they had they were down, but they had a, a fourth quarter comeback that was kind of derailed by Hugh Jackson calling that two point conversion at first instead of second. But either way, it's a, still a competitive game that we were so desperate for in the last six weeks yeah, of the year. He he people forget he was thrown in. Kessler was. Um, he was a third string quarterback and he had the start week three. And as you know, we need to discuss quarterback is a very difficult position. And when a Robert Griffin, the third's taking all the first team reps and McCown's taking second team reps, Kessler, his week three, that week leading up to the game, that was like his training camp. It's like, all right. And he had the prep for a dolphins team who started the year a little they had a bad stretch to start the year, but they ended up being a playoff team. And he sh- led them to a near yeah, victory, a m- missed field goal, um, derailed that. Mm-hmm. But he played well, and he got, let's see, he got, I know, knocked out of two games and benched during one game. He, so in really five full starts, he never had a horrible game. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think part of the argument depends on, because with both Kessler and Garoppolo, they faced that Dolphins team back-to-back weeks. So you could you could either make the argument that both Garoppolo and Kessler are, are capable quarterbacks or that the Dolphins defense was truly that bad for the first two, three weeks of the year. Um, in terms of Cody Kessler, I mean, I, I think they need to draft a quarterback. And, and if they do that, instead of taking the bridge veteran quarterback route, if they just want to build around Cody Kessler for the next two, three years, if they think he's that guy... Go ahead. I think if he, with more development in his downfield game, and I don't know how that particularly works, um, if that's a feasible thing to do, but if he can get, if he can develop some long, long accuracy, I think he could do exactly what you need. People are writing him off already. They, oh, we can't throw downfield. He was just thrust out (laughs) onto the field. Like, oh, and his, his receivers, he did have prior and well, Coleman was out for most of Kessler's starts, but you have, prior who's just learning the position and then you had four rookies i know not all four were usually played at the same time but you had andrew hawkins but he had a very inexperienced receiving core and like oh well cody kessler couldn't throw the ball downfield there was never a situation like in new york where you have an odell beckham streaking wide open down the field never yeah with and, him in the quarterback plus i i watched a lot of i watched a lot of kessler actually every snap of kessler's game footage in those three games and uh, just looking at the offensive line, I know that's when Cam Irving was like center was a huge question mark. They had two or three different centers. Because like Irving Bruce is long week two, so give, yeah, I'm not trying to give excuses for the guy, but we talk about how how bad the offensive line was during certain stretches of the year, and that that truly was a time when that was happening. So 
<clears throat> I think if you if they truly want to give Kessler a look with with a young rookie that they bring in, I'd be totally. And fine with it's that. it goes back to what you're saying of if they think this is their guy, because in mm-hmm. past teams, let's say then there's rumors about this, and you know Shanahan kind of Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about his time with the Browns when he was down at the Super Bowl. If the Browns, it didn't seem like Johnny Manziel was their guy a few years ago, and it was just. Ownership wanted him or whatever the case was. It wasn't a guy who the coaches believed I mean, in, and they get this guy, and they have to play yeah. him. And if you take a guy like Derek Carr, who is just you know a good person <laughs> compared to Manziel and good quarterback, <laughs> and, you, and they want to work with him, and that's – I mean it's not fair to say, oh, Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackson would never get a quarterback and be like, I don't like this guy. He, he can talk up the worst quarterback in the league to make fans think he's going to be great. But if you get a guy who he believes in yeah. – he knows he can work with them well, and it's just it makes it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Look at Andy Dalton. Look at Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton two years ago was it two years ago when he yeah when Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator? Yeah, so he broke movie. his thumb. Yeah. And granted, they've lost pieces. They've lost pieces since then, but he took it. He almost beat Denver with AJ McCarron. I mean, I, I think if you give Hugh Jackson the right quarterback, he's going to do things that that make this team successful. And so, while I think there's a ton of different quarterback options, and I. Based on experience, I picked Garoppolo as, as the best option to accelerate that process. Just get a guy that, that's going to win you football games. I, I know and it was tough after this year. Done, so, I mean, the Browns have been 3-13 and 13 followed by 1-15. Kind of gets you in this mindset that this team is always only winning that many games. But they've been able to win like seven with Hoyer and Manziel. Um, well, mostly Hoyer during that stretch. Well, Ten with Derek Anderson. And you... This you don't need to go find a star to win six seven football games. A normal team can be no. have a bad quarterback and an okay everyone else around him and still win five six seven games. Mm-hmm. It's like a bad baseball team; you can still win yeah, seventy I mean, games. And it's, it's, yeah, it still comes back to. I mean, even if you look at two thousand fourteen, the last time we truly had capable quarterback play. I mean, Hoyer, the Browns drafted Johnny Manziel after getting Brian Hoyer, and it was kind of like, uh, okay. In the first well, round, too. Brian Hoyer's playing really well. <laughs> yeah, Brian Hoyer's playing really well, and now you've got half the fan base itching to put in Manziel, plus the front office, and the coaches want to play Hoyer, and it's no one's on the same page. No one, no one gave Manziel – not to say Manziel would have been an answer, but no one gave him a fair shake. I mean, I would have almost preferred to be – terrible and cut like cut Brian Hoyer and just roll with Johnny than than to to go through like a quarterback battle and divide a locker room and possibly a coaching staff front office those are the kind of things that and it's tough with Manziel because he was just an idiot so it's you have to you have to kind of take the name off and say oh just any first if you draft a guy in the first round roll with him because it's first round quarterback give him a few years and I, I agree with that but it's t- it's tough with Mansell because I mean, it was at, him. But Vikings did it with Bridgewater. I mean, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Jacksonville. I mean, it, it, don't you almost kind of feel this? At least after last year, after that three and thirteen year, wasn't the feel? The feeling was just terrible. I mean, Joe Thomas was talking about how much, like almost him being on the way out, and then you get you you have a, a worse year in one and fifteen. And it's almost a little bit more positive because they've hit the reset button so hard that they've got all these assets and all this money to really to to have a good attempt at finally fielding a winner. Yeah, it's 
I don't know. It's tough after a one in 15 year to be optimistic, but I agree with, you know, what you've been saying and sticking with the quarterback and Garoppolo is just the reason everyone's talking about him is because the Browns are connected to him. But Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo could be anyone. It could be any quarterback they're looking at saying, even like yeah. a Tyrod Taylor. Hey, Matt Flynn was a guy, exactly. same thing. And these are bad examples. And I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo is an overall better prospect than all of those past quarterbacks. But the des- it's, a, it's a desperation of teams in the NFL. I mean, like, like I've been saying, if you don't have a quarterback, you either, if, you're, if you have three quarterbacks, you have none. That's the same. So the Browns have RG3, Cody Kessler, Kevin Hogan. They got none. Until you have a guy that's, that you're going to go to war with and, and try and build a playoff team around, you got nothing. Yeah, it's – who knows? It's, that's, that's the fun of the offseason. Obviously, a trade likely say, – say they do end up trading for Garoppolo. It likely wouldn't happen until draft day because you have to keep your options open. Oh, no, it would happen well before draft you day. You think so? It would happen on March 9th or 10th, whenever that first day is. Easily. Because during all that time, can't they start working? I mean, the new league year starts. Can't, you can start working. Yeah, I, I just mean sometimes draft day tr- trades, it's, they just kinda, and they just field offers for. Yeah, but I think if you can nail down your quarterback on the first day of free agency, not only do you not have to go after a free agent quarterback, but you can take pretty much every first, I mean, every quarterback off, off your board. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're basically. Yeah, and you're focusing on every other position. Yeah, I mean, you've got your guy, so. That's where it helps the Browns almost to, to, to get him that early because you, you help your own draft strategy. I guess. Because if you look at, I mean, the Browns don't have to draft a quarterback, so San Francisco has to draft one. Maybe Chicago has to draft one. I mean, they don't come, they don't come back around. The Browns have two yeah. picks before. Hey, the Browns did it last year. Didn't work out. But, no, I, I get yeah. the mindset. You get him as early as possible and mm-hmm. get him in camp, uh, get him in Berea working out. Um, Hopefully he does a little better than last year. Be the year. best looking guy in Berea. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so we, <laughs> I guess we could say we're. You're more on the Garoppolo train than I am, but I'm just on the. Let's get anyone who they believe in. Oh, who can come yeah, in? Yeah, don't. I mean, I'm I'm on that train too. If they think, and I just personally like Jimmy Garoppolo. If they go, ahead, it's not like if they get Tyrod Taylor or something, I'm going to be like pissed off. It's it's more of just whatever guy they believe in. Fine. And then, then we'll figure out in two, three years if they're able to, to keep – and this is where this plan kind of falls apart is you can go two, three years down the line and it's on Jimmy Haslam to, to say, do we have the right coaches in place and is it the quarterback that's the missing piece versus the other way around? Yeah, I, it's like I've been <laughs> saying, it's, it's so hard. It's fun to talk about. It's, yeah. it's, it's just difficult. So kind of wrapping up here – let me ask you one final question. Mm-hmm. If the Browns get Garoppolo, what is their record going to be in 2017? So let's get this on the record right now. Interesting. All right. So there's a lot of pe- – who do we draft at 1 and 12? Um, let's, let's say they get Garrett number one. And for conversation's sake, okay. they get Leonard Fournette at 12. Oh, if they get Miles Garrett and Leonard Fournette and Jimmy Garoppolo, the Browns, I think they win over eight games. I think they win eight, eight games. Eight games? All right, it's on the record. Just those three guys. Eight I'm going to go four. <laughs> four. Four I think, wins. I mean, just taking a look at what – and this is based on kind of those 
the, those are two of the players in the draft that I think are going to be some of the best in this class, just the two impact players. If they come out and are as good as advertised, then the Browns are going to be sitting pretty for a while. All right, you heard it here. Ex- Andrew Sight Ex- believes Jimmy Garoppolo. eight wins <laughs> if the Browns get Garoppolo. If Garoppolo sucks, if, even if Garoppolo sucks, the two guys that you drafted at 1-12 and 12 are going to be there for a long time. So I, that would excite me a lot. All right, you got my optimism going here in February. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, cool. Uh, that's our first episode. We have established that Jimmy Garoppolo is the next savior of the Browns, and he's going to lead them to <laughs> eight wins. Um, so, yeah, be sure to check out Dog Pound Daily. I know we got a lot of, lot of draft stuff going up at all times. Got a lot of mock drafts. Got a lot of different you know draft philosophy posts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our personal Twitter handles are on this video graphic, which you may have noticed already so far. And, yeah, we're very excited to talk <laughs> Browns football leading up to the draft and once the draft happens oh my we can shift our focus yeah tweet at us tweet at us questions I mean read some of our read some them of all. Our articles let, let us know what you think and uh, I mean I'm always open for educated discussion so bring it perfect up. all right Andrew thank you very much and thank you all for listening <laughs>